There's a staggering phenomenon going on right now that I just don't wrap my head around and I wonder if you've noticed it too. This has been going on for quite a while now, for years. A lot of kids who are either approaching the driving age, in my state it's 16, it's most states, but I'm not sure there are other states that may be older or even younger. So let's go with 16 for the uh, recording purposes here for, for the podcast. So most kids approaching that age of driving, at least in my generation, oh my gosh, we couldn't wait to get our license. But I'm noticing nowadays the kids just aren't that excited about it. They don't, it's not, it's not a symbol of freedom like it used to be. For us, it was a symbol of freedom. It was a rite of passage. It was a mature thing to do. And I mean, we got to carry around our own ID and our wallet. Kids these days don't see it that way at all. Um, I really can't even wrap my head around how they see it because they all, they just don't even care. It's not even a, a worry and I'm wondering why. There are a lot of reasons, I'm sure, but some of them are, you know, they don't need to travel to see their friends. They can do it virtually. They have cell phones. They can call them. They can text them. They can FaceTime them. They can uh, Google chat. Uh, they can do, I mean, there's, they can Zoom insert your you know live stream whatever uh my daughter visits with her friends daily and doesn't actually go anywhere to do that except up to her room (laughs) and that's it that's all she has to do so when we were younger we could call people on the phone but and I'm yeah I'm gonna age myself here I lived in a time before call waiting even existed We couldn't be on the phone that long because if somebody was trying to call, they couldn't get through because they'd get a busy signal. But even when call waiting came around, for those of you who even know what that is, because even that's archaic now, um, teenagers are generally going to ignore it because we couldn't see what phone number was calling. So we just ignore it so we can keep talking to our friends and our parents would still miss phone calls and they get really mad. So we couldn't spend hours on the phone, although some of us did at some time. Uh, I certainly did. (laughs) But we really weren't in generally allowed to spend too much time on the phone with our friends. So if we wanted to hang out with our friends, we had to go. But nowadays, kids just don't care because they don't have that need. What does this have to do with parenting? What does this have to do with faith? Well, stay tuned. And I am going to tell you what God's been sending messages to me about in equating faith and driving. Stick around. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God. I am so glad that you joined us today. This is so much fun to be able to encourage you and remind you that God loves you and wants to partner with you in your parenting journey. Remember, he made you the parent of your kids on purpose. If you like this episode, please, please take time to rate and review it so that other people can find this podcast as well. I'd really appreciate it. And I think so would other people who get to be blessed by this. And share it with friends and family that you think it would bless too. Let's spread the word and let people know that God loves them and wants to be with them each and every day in their parenting journey. Thanks for stopping by and I hope you join us next week.
Well, thanks for joining me for this episode. I really appreciate you showing up today. I know it hasn't been very consistent for Tuesdays, Wednesdays. It's definitely going to be one of those days, but um, you are amazing for even showing up here and listening to my uh, rantings, my rum- my ramblings. my I'm just babbling right now. But let's get to the subject here and what God was putting on my heart today. I was listening to Francis Chan, and if you don't know who he is, you need to get on Google and start searching him and start listening to this man. He is brilliant and he's beautiful. He's calm. He loves the Lord. He has a great relationship and he's desperate for the world to, to know God. And so this was, I was watching something of his on YouTube that a friend of mine sent me and had been on my list to watch this week. And so I finally, I watched it while I was doing the dishes and it was beautiful. It was a simple, um, discussion he had with his kids actually about the gospel simple gospel is what it's called so check it out it's really good but as I'm listening to it he was getting towards the end the last third of it and he was talking about um, his kids faith so let me get back to driving before I dive into the revelation God put on me about this And this is something I already knew, but it was just a new way to think about it and a new way to communicate to my kids about it. So stay with me here. Um, So our kids, you wouldn't just give them your keys, right? Just because they've watched you drive their whole life. They were so far. So let's say they turn 16. You're not just going to hand over the keys because they've seen you drive their whole life. And maybe they've even read a manual on driving. Um, And maybe you've even taken them out to practice. But you're not just going to hand the keys over and go, all right, have fun. It's your 16th birthday. Enjoy. Because you have a driver's license and you have lots of experience driving and you worked hard to get that license and you gained the wisdom, you gained the knowledge, you gained the experience and you went and you took the test and you passed maybe just barely for some of you but maybe with flying colors for others doesn't matter get passed you get that driver's license you can legally drive it is your own it's your identification it is your license to drive it is yours now yeah the police can take it away you know but yada 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 but um that's irrelevant to this discussion so you you but you can't drive using your parents license it's not right it's not legal and it's not yours you just can't they you can't, you're not just going to say all right here take my license you see me drive you know how to do it um go ahead take mine and use that the rest of your life that doesn't work all legalities aside it just doesn't work it's not theirs they can't use it it's not going to um it's not valid. It's not valid for them. It may be valid for you, but it's not valid for them. And there are not good consequences for any of that. So what does this have to do with faith? Well, the thing about faith is so many kids as they grow up, not all, but a staggering amount of kids as they get older, and I'm sure you've heard this statistic before, when they get to be a young adult, when they start kind of making, you know, making their own decisions and, and building their new life as their, uh, for their own. And doesn't mean they're separate from you, but they are, you know, they, they do need to cut the cord at some point and they are figuring their own life out. They're adulting. A lot of them leave the church. Again, not all of them. And it's not even about just leaving the church. 
but a smaller amount leave faith in Christ altogether. They just, they, they stop believing. But the question is, did they stop believing? Did they ever believe? Faith is not something that you can give to your kids. You can teach them. You can train them. You can pray for them. You can bring them to church. You can bring them to Sunday school. You can bring them to Bible study. You can bring them to youth group. You can send them on missions. You can do all kinds of things. But you can't make that decision for them. And on the outside, they may be looking like they're doing all the right things. They might even get baptized. But we don't know their hearts, do we? And I know this is scary for for a lot of you. It terrifies me. Um, but, well, I, I, terrifies is not the right word for me. Um, I worry a little bit here and there, but I try to give it back to God because I don't like having worry on my plate because that means I'm not trusting God with it. And I do trust him. But that's where I have to go as quickly as possible. And I do start to fret about, well, what if the baptism was just a farce? What if she just did it because she knew it was the right next thing? I don't want that to be the right next thing if it's not where their heart is. What I want and pray for the most is that my kids truly, truly, genuinely, absolutely holy, give their hearts to God, that they put their faith in Jesus. And it doesn't mean that, boom, they're going to know everything and they're going to understand. And I mean, no, I, how many of you do? How many of you have a full 100% understanding of God's heart? and his intentions, and his plan, and his word, and his son. How many of you understand any, all of that? Zero uh, percent, I can tell you that right now. Because it says it right in the Bible, even yet you will never know the full understanding. But the cool thing is we have access to it, right? Through the Holy Spirit, we have access to God's wisdom, which he will give generously without reproach. That's the cool part. But we can't hand that off to our kids and just say, here you go. Here's your faith all bundled up. And what we can do is is train them up. We can give them every opportunity to learn. Uh, we can give them every opportunity to choose, to love. and we. But we do, like driving, we set the example. Right? Like driving, we can instruct them as we go through. And like driving, we can hand them a book that has all the information in it that they'll ever need to know about driving and that they will ever need to know about God. But we can't hand them a relationship with God. We can't hand them faith. We can show them faith. We can have our own relationship with God, right? We can parent with proof, right? We can we can um, give them the example by walking in his commandments. We can show them the beauty of living a life with Christ, abiding in him every day, every moment, um, relying on him for everything. I, I pray out loud a lot around my kids. I'm not ashamed if I need help. I will pray in front of my kids and say, Lord Jesus, I need your help right now. I'm frustrated. Or Lord Jesus, thank you for that. Or I see an ambulance go by. Lord Jesus, please protect the people who are involved in that situation and give them peace and wisdom. Things like that. I, I do that out loud. And I'm not saying this to boast or brag. That's not what this is. I do that to show them that I need to humble myself before God and, and, and express I am not enough. 
by myself. I'm not. And I love my kids and they're amazing in their own ways. They're not enough either. But that's okay because that's why we have Jesus and that's why they need Jesus. So constantly, and not not like a depressing way or a you're not good enough way kind of thing, but showing them that life is hard, right? It's great too. and There's great joy in it. But life is hard, but it's better when we have Christ because it's doable. And we can navigate this hard world where they are going to have tribulations. We can navigate it better with more um, more guidance, more insight, more direction, more boundaries, um, clearer, uh, clearer path. It's a much more narrow path, of course, but a clearer path of the steps we need to take to, um, to walk in it, to walk through things and let Jesus walk with us. So again, I, I, I can't hand my faith over to my kids. Man, wouldn't that be easy? But that's the wide road, guys. That There's, there's so many distracting faiths out there right now. There's so many distracting religions out there right now that like to take Christianity and like Plato, they like to, to soften it, to warp it, to shape it into what works for them, what feels good, what serves their purposes. But what they're doing is they're trying to make God work for them and God conform to them. And that's not what we want our kids to do, do we? We want our kids to conform themselves to God, not the other way around because it doesn't work the other way around. That's not God. That's not the truth. And they're going to be, people are going to try to deceive them. So what is our goal as parents? Our goal is to set an example for them and to teach them and to train them and to give them every tool we can possibly give them. But then we need to let God do the rest. We need to pray. We need to trust. We need to let go at times. Because if we hold on tighter, man, doesn't that feel stressful? That's that's parenting anxiety to the oh to the fullest. We're just trying to hold on to the situations that we just don't feel like we're in control of because we're not. We we can't make them do some things. There are some things sure we we can try, uh, but if you have one like I do, who <laughs> will push every button and push every limit and any time and be. Oh man, I'm not even saying borderline disobedient because I'm saying disobedient. I mean, it's still going on and she's just a a tough nut and that's okay because, um, she likes to have understanding and I know that that will push her to explore more with God. So long as I continue to remind her and, and set an example that God wants relationship. It's not about religion. It's about relationship and, um, Religion tends to get in the way of relationship with young people because if they're not encouraged to build a relationship with Jesus and shown how to do that um, and given the truth of the word and show that God wants that, he's pursuing them and they just need to open the door when he's knocking. Jesus is just like, hey, I'm here. I came for dinner. Anybody home? They just need to open that door and let them in and say, yeah, come on over. We've, we've got chili tonight. Let's hang out. Let's have some chili. Let's pray. Let's talk about the truth. And you're just building that cool relationship with God through Jesus and just teaching them that and showing them that, living it out. We can't give them our license to drive and we can't give them our faith to navigate this world. They have to choose it for themselves. 
they have to. And the younger they do, um, the earlier their their relationship will grow strong, hopefully, if they stay in the habits of, of building that relationship. I mean, think about it. What Think about the, the oldest friend you've ever had, like not age-wise, but like the earliest friend you've ever had, a really close friend, someone who was your buddy when you were kids or teenagers or early adult, whatever, just whoever came to your mind immediately. Somebody that um, maybe you don't talk to anymore or um, maybe don't see anymore. Do you really know them right now? Do you know what's going on in their hearts? Do you know what they're struggling with? Do you know what they did today? Do you know what they had for breakfast? I mean, I don't know that about some of my close friends even, but um, I know some of the struggles they're going through. I know a lot of the joys. I get to be there with them for some things, but I have one friend who we've been friends for since we were eight, and she's my oldest friend in the world. And although we don't see each other really anywhere except on Facebook, um, I mean, she kind of moved further away, but even when she lived 10 minutes away, we really didn't see each other because our, our, our lives kind of went in different directions and we just didn't really intersect a lot. Um, and a lot of it was because we didn't, neither one of us really put any effort into it, but um, I love her dearly. She will always have a huge place in my heart. She will always be my oldest friend in the world. And, um, but I don't know her day in and day out things. I don't know the struggles. And even when we were buddies when we were kids, I didn't because I was a kid and immature and didn't really know how to have a relationship um, that was meaningful. Um, but that was because I was a kid. So anyway, uh, but now like she's still my friend. But I don't really know her because I don't spend time with her. I don't talk to her. I don't listen to her. I might see her Facebook posts once in a while. But that's like seeing a good meme about Jesus, you know. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. Or, or seeing a plaque on the wall that has scripture on it. Oh, yeah, uh, I, don't, I remember that scripture. Yeah, that's a good one. That's different than spending time with him. That's different than sitting and abiding with him and, and letting whatever that scripture was on the wall really fill you and change your heart and let God do whatever he's going to do with that and use it in your life or have you do something for him. How can you serve him? If you're not, I, I'm not really serving my friend. I'm not, I'm not doing anything for her, really. And, um, would I, if she needed me? Yes, I would, but I don't have, I don't really take the time to find out what I could do for her. So there's that. Um, I know this is a far stretch from the driver's license thing, but it's really just about them building relationship because you can't do it for them. We can't do that for them. We cannot do that for our kids. They have to be reminded because <laughs> they're forgetful, aren't they? To spend time with God. And you can't just say those words because they might go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that means. So I'm not even going to worry about it. And they're not going to ask you necessarily. They're not going to say, well, what do you mean by that? When they're little, they might. But as they get older, I have a 16, almost 16 and almost 13 year old. They don't ask me, what do you mean by that, mom? What do you mean by spending time? So I, I'm more specifically, listen, you need to work on your Bible study and get to know God a little better today through his word. Okay. And I check it and I see, okay. Um, it's not, I, wasn't, I don't check their Bible study because it's a written one we do for the right answers. Although I think my daughter thinks I do. And I remind her constantly that I don't, um, it's not, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for her having wrestled with his word, spending time asking him questions. And, um, usually her writ, writ, written answers are a reflection of that, but, um, yeah, 
That's not what I originally was planning on speaking about today. Isn't that funny how God works? I had something completely different, but uh, he really touched my heart today with that whole idea of driver's license. Maybe because my daughter is about to um, start driver's ed, and she's been driving for about six months, almost six months. Um, So that's fresh on my mind. You know, she's still learning and she's still making mistakes. Thankfully, we haven't crashed or gotten hurt yet, but and nobody else has. <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, but she's she's making it her own. She's learning. I try not to speak too much unless I see a need when she's driving. Um, she is studying the, the manual and she is practicing and I am correcting her when necessary. But I'm trying not to freak out myself, so I don't want to freak her out and scare her because then that could be bad. Same thing with faith. You know, I, I, she has the manual. She has, I use the word manual. I, that's not really what I mean, but she has the, she has the best book in the world. Okay. She has the Bible. She knows how to use the Bible. She knows how to refer to it. These are things I've trained her on between me and several other beautiful godly influences in her life. She has learned how to navigate the Bible. She has learned how to rely on it. And I love listening to how she hears from God through the word. And I know that it's working because I know her faith is her own because the fruit is there. The fruit of her faith is there. And I love it. And I know when she's not been spending time with him because guess what? Her character changes a bit. She's not as loving. Isn't that funny how we we tend to act like the people we hang out with? Have you ever noticed that? Especially with our kids, we see that, but it's true for all of us. We tend to act the right, the way the people that we surround ourselves with the most act in attitude, in deed, in habit, things like that. And so when, don't, don't you want them to surround themselves with God? If that's who we, we are hoping that they are growing more and more like, don't, don't you want them to hang out with someone who's just like who they want to be like, you want them to be like, well, yeah. So it's beautiful to watch them when they're spending time with God, it's, it's heartbreaking when they're not, but we need to trust God both ways. We need to trust him with them. We do our part. We, we provide for them. We give them what they need. We love them. We set an example and we give them opportunity to understand what, what they're having their own faith is like so that they know what that means. You can't just say, Oh, you need to, you need to figure out what faith is. So I want to leave you with this This is a culmination of what I'm saying here. It's from Philippians, Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So when they leave the nest, or they're not even, I mean, maybe they are still living with us, but they're not with us at the moment. You know, we drop them off with friends, or they're at school, or work, or driving on their own, or whatever. They're not, you're not present to remind them what a godly life looks like, or to remind them to stay in the word, or to remind them to pray about something they're worrying about. In our absence, that they would be working out their own salvation that they would use the tools you've given them and remember God because it's hard to forget someone that you have a relationship with on a regular basis. It's better, it's easier to remember someone that you spend time with. 
I have friends who I think of every single day because they're in my life constantly. So in our absence, let's pray that they are working out their salvation with fear and trembling so that God can do a work in them that he started for his good pleasure. I, I just, I love that. I want, he calls it beloved. We're his beloved. Let's pray it for our kids. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth that never changes. There's no adaptation of your, to your word. Your word is it. There's no new advances in your word. There's no new discoveries in your word. Nothing changes. Your word is true and it's constant and it's solid. And it has proven itself over and over and over again through testimony after testimony of faith in you. You are doing a good work in our kids. You have started it and you will finish it, Lord. I know it. And I trust you with my kids. I trust that you are helping them to work out their own salvation. It's something I can't do for them. But you've put me in place to be their parent on purpose. Because you know that we need each other. And we need you most of all, God. And I thank you so much for always being faithful to help me raise my children in your name. And I thank you, Jesus, for all of the opportunities you've given us to surround them with you, your truth, your loving people. You also surround them with your truth and wisdom. Thank you for continuing to pour out. And I pray that as they do leave the nest or as they do leave our presence, that God, you would be fully surrounding them and that they would know you're with them and that they would trust you and they would give you all that they have. And they would serve you. They would rely on you. They would remember you. And that they would never leave you. Because we know that you would never leave or forsake us. And it is these things that we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, moms and dads and whoever else is listening. I hope that this encouraged you. Um, this little message that God gave to me today. Go forth and keep going with your relationship with God. Keep setting that great example. Stay strong. Trust and rely on him. Know that he will never leave you. He's always there for you. And you're not in this alone. No, you may not be perfect, but God is. Remember that, my friends. And I'll talk to you soon.